The first leg of the Western and Eastern Conference Finals are in the books, and we are three days away from knowing where the MLS Cup Final will be. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsev. How's it going, man? Going pretty well, Garrett. We are back, and uh, we had, once again, we had, we've taken a little time off, a couple of days, pushed it back, uh, trying to get this show closer to Thanksgiving to give people uh, something to listen to, because we know these next few days are are going to be a little light on uh, on the entertainment and, and soccer activity. But um, we're back, and there's plenty to talk about. Or if you just don't want to you know, hang out with your family or anything like that, you could listen to the show. So there's a reason right there. Well, it's not just that. You also have people who are going to be driving to, to the family, see their families and stuff. So they're going to need something to listen to on these long drives or long flights. I mean, it's going to be crazy, man. I'll I tell you what, East Coast, we're about to get hit with a snowstorm. Our first, It was like almost – it was like 70 degrees yesterday – and it is supposed to snow tomorrow. It just shows you how crazy uh, the weather's been. But uh, but yeah, no. So that hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this show right now and you're on your way to a family Thanksgiving outing, we hope we can entertain you. Seventy degrees. That's cold, man. That's what? That's cold. It's like it's like that right now in Arizona. Like I'm already having my jacket on. That's cold. I know. I'm That's serious. I'm gonna punch you in the face. I know you will. <laughs> what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, just family, just just us, just us and the in-laws. Uh, we're keeping it, keeping it pretty simple. Uh, we'll we'll have the turkey. We'll have the pernil, which for you non-Latinos out there, that is the roast pork, uh, which has kind of become us. It, it, it's like a Christmas thing for 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 Latinos. A lot of Latinos, uh, but it, it's kind of become a Thanksgiving thing as well. So you do the turkey and you do do the pernil, which is like almost like almost the same size as the turkey. So uh, there'll be plenty of meat to go around on Thursday. Nice. I'm going to do uh, two Thanksgiving, so I'm going to be quite full at the end of it. Nice. Yeah. Girlfriend's family and then, and then my family. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I got, Is there I got, an announcement? Is there an announcement coming? No, there's no announcement, but I, you know, I'm, I'm double breaking dipping. News? to double dip. News? No, there is no breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. I got to make everyone happy. This is like the first holidays I've navigated with like a serious girlfriend, and like you can't make everyone happy. It's horrible. Oh, you got you know what you have to pick pick holiday. I mean, there's enough. That's what I've been told. I'm trying to like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you got to trade off. I mean, I think honestly, I think you're better off just like devoting yourself to one for Thanksgiving and then going with the other in Christmas. Uh, I, I just, you know, just I think you're gonna be going crazy trying to run around on Thanksgiving. I think I am. I, I think I'll be fine though. I will see. I'll you know if I survive Thanksgiving, if we do a show recapping uh, all the games this weekend, then we know I survived. So. So yeah, we'll look also, forward to it, that. It'll also be good prep for uh, MLS Cup since you're going to have to uh, ditch the girlfriend so you can join us. <laughs> <laughs> That's also in the works. Uh, well, I was speaking of that. Um, we're going to find out where the MLS Cup final is going to be in a couple of days. The first leg uh, of the finals of the Eastern Conference, Conference finals occurred uh, over this past weekend. I mean, let's start it off in the Eastern Conference. You were at this game at Red Bull Arena, New England Revolution went out and defeated New York two to one. Very impressive performance from um, New England and uh, for New York, I have tons of chances for them. A few boneheaded errors, and uh, I mean they've really dug themselves a hole here going into the second match. Uh, definitely, uh, and the thing that has to be frustrating for the Red Bulls and definitely for my pecky is the fact that here's a game that you created enough chances yep. to win. You create enough chances to give yourself a good cushion going into the second leg. And you didn't finish your chances, and New England made you pay. And you know, credit to the Revs. You know, that wasn't their best game, 
by any means, but they, uh, you know, they stuck, they stuck in the game. They, they stuck right with the Red Bulls, uh, and they held on. And then at the end, when the Red Bulls were pushing for a winner, the Revs catch them on a the counter. Uh, uh, Lee Wynn and Jermaine Jones and Teal Bunbury, who's kind of become the surprise star of the playoffs, uh, combine on a great goal for for the Revs, and they, they're in complete control right now. And to top it off, if things couldn't get any worse, not only are, are the Red Bulls down going to New England, but they're going to go to New England without Bradley Wright Phillips, their leading goal scorer. And uh, I got to say, as as great as he's been for them, what an idiotic move! By yeah, him. what I mean, no excuse whatsoever. All the you know, the whole I didn't know the rule like that. I'm sorry, rule or not, like there is no point in trying to block the keeper on goal kicks. There's nothing to be gained from that. Like what Thierry Henry did it like 12 years ago, and for Arsenal, and it worked. And after that, everyone wants to try it. Like it's against it's it's against the rules pretty much. You're gonna get a yellow nine times out of ten. Why bother? And now the Red Bulls are really up against it. Well, I mean, you talk about the options that the Red Bulls have going into the second game. I mean, now enter Tim Cahill. I guess you have to assume is going to get the start up top by himself. You know, he is good in the box. You know, if you're a Red Bull fan and you're thinking of Bradley Wright Phillips missing that header, I'm not saying Cahill's going to hit that header that Bradley Wright Phillips missed. But but you know, you are bringing some experience off the he, bench. Ooh, he would have he would have hit that. He would have scored. He would have scored that header. Tim well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You, you don't listen, know. You, you don't it, know. It, listen, if there's something to take, Tim Cahill can do is can finish a header, and he would have. He would have absolutely finished that header. Bradley Wright Phillips, and here's the thing. We've been saying it for a while now, you know, uh, regarding his MVP candidacy and why it's not as strong as some people want to, like, believe it is. This game was really a microcosm of the year in yep. the sense that the guy gets set up over and over uh, opportunities on a platter, and he just doesn't always convert. And the fact that he scored as many as he did was a testament to just how many chances were created for him by the Red Bulls and especially by Thierry Henry. So, um, you know, it's so anyone I, I'm, I know there's a lot of Red Bulls fans who were up in arms over the fact that he wasn't even a finalist for the award for MVP award. Uh, and as I said, you know, you can make a gripe about Phillips versus right Phillips versus Obafemi Martins, who is more deserving for that spot in there. But as far as winning it, he's just not it's just not the case. Thierry Henry is the MVP of the Red Bulls. He has oh, been sure. all year. And anyone who watches them on a regular basis can will tell you that. Um, but. You know what? Now they have to deal with it. They have to deal without uh, having with, without having Ray Phillips. And for me, um, yes, obviously Tim Cahill is going to come in and start. I mean, if he doesn't, that that'd be absolutely shocking because they don't have that many. They don't have any other options. And actually, I think for me, I think my Becky might have to do something a little not drastic, but something a lot different and change up his system uh, and go with Henri and Cahill up top. And I know we saw that quite a bit last year. We haven't seen it as much this year because of, of Ray Phillips playing so well up top, and you wanted to deploy Henri on the left where he could go at people. But I just think, given the number one, given the lack of forward other forward options, number two, given the fact that Cahill as a lone striker is he really going to be effective there? I think it's I don't know. I just don't think he's going to be that. I don't think he's as effective by himself as he is with another forward. So I think if you go Henri Cahill up top. Uh, and then you know you have to juggle around the midfield. Uh, that that I think that's going to be the best way to go about 
uh, dealing with right fielders being absent. Well, and if you're in New York, you have, to, you have to feel promised with the performance that Eric Alexander had in this one, you know, giving you a little bit more, more, you know, more of a better showing to maybe convince you to put Henri up top. And the other thing for New York guys that's going to help them is a lot of times against New England, I mean, you saw Henri drop and kind of be the focal point leading the attack when they built out of the back. I mean, he's playing center mid for big portions of this match. So, you know, that takes time getting back up the field and moving back to collect the ball and then going back up the field. You know, maybe just keeping him up top will open up some more channels for New York. And, and we saw Henri's um, ability in here. You know, losing Bradley I Phillips is going to be bad. But, I mean, as long as New York can find ways to give Henri the ball in space and time, I mean, he can pick apart this um, this New England Revolution back line. Yes, they are organized, but like Henri with time, New England has to find ways to limit that to just a few seconds every time he touches the ball. Well, here's the thing. We might not see a 4-4-2 for the Red Bulls, if only because New England is so dangerous in the midfield with Lee Wynn that you can understand if, if Pecky would rather just go with the 4-5-1, keep the combination of Dax McCarty and Eric Alexander uh, deployed where they can cont- try to contain Lee Wynn. And they did a really good job containing him for most, much of the game. And it's, uh, I know there were some people, uh, some observers, some writers uh, who thought Pecky made a mistake and cost them the game by replacing Eric Alexander with with Tim Cahill I happen to disagree with that because you know if you're if you're tied you're at home you're going for the win putting Tim Cahill in is not that is not that far-fetched a decision you you you, you put him in you want to go for the win um so I don't have, I didn't have a problem with that move at all I mean it's easy to say now in hindsight that oh well it backfired he came off he came on and 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 it cost him the goal and I know some people even tried to put the goal on him, the winning goal, when, when if you really look at the play from the early part, the, the build-up before the counter that, that the Revs scored the winner on, uh, it actually all started with Dax McCarty making a run forward uh, to get into the attack. And T- T- for, now first, Thierry Henry ignores his, his run, right, number one. Then he passes it off to Oyango, who has the entire field to to, to – spray the ball right he can pass the ball to anybody he has Dax McCarty wide open in the left channel in the attacking third and he he ignores him and he goes for a long pass to the right channel which is is which is promptly uh intercepted and that decision led to the counter that the Revs scored on and then you because you had Dax McCarty way upfield um and when with McCarty upfield Cahill was over to the sideline you had the midfield wide open for Lee Wynn with no one around him for like 30, 40 yards. They came, they came down. They they scored. T.L. Bunbury, the great pass. Um, but so for me, I mean, that plays very that that the winning goal wasn't about Tim Cahill being there and Eric Alexander not being there. It was a series of decisions that led to that play. Um, starting with, I mean, McCarty. I don't know how much you blame him. He made the run. He's expecting a pass. Thierry Henry doesn't pass him the ball. Um, and then Oyango doesn't pass him the ball, and and you know here here here's McCarty, uh, uh, you know 25 yards from from goal, like way upfield, and he might have lollygagged a little bit, and 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 if you think about it, if you if you make this run, you're a deep midfielder, you make this this long busting run to try to spark something, and you get ignored on two separate occasions. I can see you how you hang your head a bit, and credit to McCarty, he did he did uh, accept some of the blame on that. On, on being kind of out of position there. But, you know, for, for me, the idea that Cahill coming in for Alexander cost them that game, like that, I, don't, I just totally disagree. Now we'll see what Cahill does because Cahill, he's your designated player. 
Uh, he was so great for them last year. This is the type of moment where he needs to step up. He yep. needs to score. He needs to play up top. He needs to give them a goal or two uh, and show the qualities that he has and show that he's someone that they want to build around come next year because there's not a given that he's coming back next year. So we're going to see. We're, we're going we're gonna to tell right away on Saturday. Uh, is is does Cahill want to be here? Does he want to be back next year? Because it's all well and good that he does all the tweets and all the Instagrams, all the positive uh, team rah rah. We're gonna win. Like he 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 puts on the public facade very well. He knows how to play that game. He knows how to put the spin on the public PR positive spin on things. Um, but we're gonna see on Saturday what he brings because if he can bring what he brought last year, which was just uh, just the the impressive all around qualities threat in the box uh you know ability to score from anywhere as well as the work rate if we see all of that then we'll know okay yes Cahill wants to be here he wants to be back next year he's committed to this team but if he lays an egg if he kind of you know half asses it and doesn't really bring it then we're going to have there's going to be some serious questions because you know what if you're the Red Bulls are you spending? Do you want to be spending three million or whatever, however many millions he's making now on a guy who you know is you know isn't even someone you can who can carry you? So it's a there's a lot on the line in this game. Well, and that's why if you're New York, you have to be optimistic going into this match. You know, being able to bring Cahill now for full ninety, I mean, you're going to hope that he can regain that form and, and with Henri at the you know the level that he's at and being able to to you know make everyone around him better. I mean, you got to be optimistic, but I mean, realistic though. I mean, New York has a mountain to climb here to be able to score two goals on the road. I mean, I, I guess it's tough to give them a chance. You want to say maybe they can do it, but I, I just it, it seems almost near impossible and almost seems like New England, as long as they can stay organized, limit New York's chances, should be able to move on to the MLS Cup final. Yeah, I mean, the Revs are going to win. I mean, I, I, I don't have much, much doubt about that at all. I picked them before the series began. They're just on such a good run of form. And as, as much as they didn't play their best, in the in the first leg, I mean, they're going home. The, uh, I can tell you right now, Gillette Stadium's going to be rocking. They've been drawing bigger and bigger crowds in this recent months since Jermaine Jones got there. And that's not to say, oh, Jermaine Jones is like the draw, but Jermaine Jones has helped turn them into a team that everyone wants to see. I mean, they're winning, they're playing well, they're scoring goals. Lee Wynn is playing out of his mind. And I think they're going to get back to New England, and they're just going to be too much for the Red Bulls to deal with. And, you know, I think when when you think about Roy Miller still not, you know, he's suspended for this game as well. And Oyango and 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 any and no one should have been surprised, right? Oyango Oyango is a talented young player who shows you some great flashes. Oh yeah. But then he also and but then he also makes mistakes. <clears throat> he shows his his uh his immaturity, he shows his inexperience, and we saw that in this game. So I think they're going to go right back at him. I think Till Bunbury is going to keep trying to go at him. Uh and and New England is just they're just playing too well right now. I mean, Lee Wynn didn't even play that great in this first leg. I mean, because part of it was obviously the Red Bulls were paying a lot of attention to him. Uh, you know, they had two bodies around him at all times. But Teal Bunbury, with his play, has really made them they, – they, he's made them so – not impossible, but almost impossible to deal with because you have Charlie Davies up top who's, who's quick and is always moving around and causing problems. You have Kellen Rowe on the left who can always kill you with a nice pass and, and, and even score on his own. But then you have Till Bunbury with his speed to stretch the defense and also go at the fullbacks. So he Bunbury's uh, rise here in these last few games has been so important for the Revs because when he's on his game, they're just, they're just too tough to deal with. They're just too tough 
uh, for most teams to try to contain. And I think we'll, we're going to see the Revs at their best in this second leg. There were a few times in, in the match on, on uh, this past weekend that uh, Henri gave uh, Ayango the, the death stare a few times. I, I'd be freaked out if Henri ever gave that to me. Oh, he didn't just give stare. He was yelling. He was he was just outright, you know. He was just Yeah, you're close to the field. Yeah, you can hear all that stuff. No, he was yeah, he was going off on him. I mean, uh cuz Henri, I mean, Henri yells at everybody. Henri does not discriminate when it comes to uh I mean, he's even said it uh that, you know, when he's on the field, he could be an ass. You know, he could just because <laughs> he, he wants to win, you know, and he he wants everybody to make the right decision, make the right move. Um I, I mean, I can recall a, there's a play early, I think it was early in the first half where um, you know, he had dropped pretty deep in the middle and uh, Dax McCarty was to his right and just kind of watching him. And, and and Henri pretty much was like, would you freaking move and like and like pointed ahead? And then he, he sent a pass that McCarty had to run down. And it was and it was like Henri was kind of like waking up McCarty like, hey, you you need to move. You need to be moving. We need to be creating uh, passing options for every, everybody. And you're like standing there watching me like so. Uh, I thought that was an interesting moment there. Uh, now, the big question about this game is, what will Henri give the Red Bulls in this game? Because, again, this is going to be his first game on the turf at Gillette Stadium. Uh, Gillette Stadium's turf is, is is notorious as one of the more unforgiving sur- playing services. Henri has avoided it uh, to keep himself healthy. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's had Achilles issues. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, it's like walking, walking on eggshells for him. This game is, uh, this game is ripe for headlines. I mean, imagine if Henry goes in, didn't, you know, as you said, he's never played on this turf before at Gillette stadium. He goes in, scores a couple goals, Gale scores a couple goals. Oh my gosh. This, this is like, this is like stuff made for movies. Ivis. That, That seems like the more likely scenario is Henry, Walking on the field, playing, and then tearing an Achilles tendon. I mean, that's the. I mean, I'm not kidding. That's like we're talking about. We're we're talking a 37 year old player who's had Achilles issues, and he knows that all it takes is one one wrong step on this surface, and he could be done. He could be done for his career. So you know, I think that that it's going to be interesting to watch him and see how how much he puts on, like how much he steps on the gas. Uh, and really pushes it because you know it, this is it, man. This is make or break. If if he can uh, stay healthy, if he can just go and just go all out and not be afraid of getting hurt, um, then he can be a handful. The revs, the revs will definitely have have something to deal with. But um, you have to wonder how much it's going to limit him, and not only him, Hamasin Olave as well, um, who's got knee issues. He's got really bad knees. People don't realize that. I mean, as impressive and physically imposing as he is, I mean, he's an older player. He's got pretty bad knees, and they've had him avoid the turf uh, when possible. But now he's got to play in this game, so you, you want to see how Olave holds up. So, I mean, it's just a case of an older team having to go up and play on this turf against an, a team that's playing out of their mind. So everything is stacked up against them. Now, if they pull this off, this will be the ultimate um, jinx-breaking uh, moment for them because they've the Red Bulls have broken all these jinxes that the that the club has had. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously they won their first major trophy last year, uh, the Supporters Shield. Now this year they won their first home playoff game. They eliminated, they beat DC in the playoffs for the first time in club history, and now they're now they're up against New England, who they are zero three against in the playoffs. They've never they've never won a series against New England. So if they can pull that off. Uh, and come back on the road, I mean, that would be some historic stuff for them. But I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I I just think the Revolution are playing too well 
with too much confidence, and especially at home, I think they're going to win. Moving over to the Western Conference, LA Galaxy defeated the Seattle Sounders at home 1-0. This game nowhere near as exciting as the New uh, England-New York Red Bulls game. Uh, But if you're at LA, obviously you have to feel very very confident coming off this result. You go on the road with the away goal rule up in Seattle. All LA has to do is get a goal, uh, put Seattle really on, on the back heel, um, but I mean, the biggest question Ivis is, is, I mean, Seattle, I mean, where has their potent attack gone all year? I know you don't have Alonzo in this match, but I mean, Seattle scoring has just dried up in the playoffs. It's an interesting situation you got there. Um, and here's the, you know, it, look, they're a good team, very good team, supporter shield. You don't win the supporter shield if you're not a really good team, but, um, I feel like during the year they've been pretty inconsistent against the top teams, right? I mean, they, they'll light up. Uh, the, the weak sisters. They'll put up a four spot, a five spot on the weaker teams in the league. But when it comes to the top teams, not to say they've never won. They obviously won some games against the top competition, but they are not as impressive or they haven't been consistently mm-hmm. as impressive. So now here we are in the playoffs. Now they're going up against tough teams every every time out. Uh, and it's not as easy now. It's not as easy to dance around, you know, a defense like FC Dallas's or the Galaxies as it is a Chivas or a Colorado. Like, it's just not the same thing. And I've, I know this is obvious, but I think for a team like Seattle, I think it's uh, it was easy during the year to get caught up in their blowouts and, and their impressive performances. And that's not to say they can't do it against against some better teams, but I just think L.A., it, we know L.A. how good they can be. We know how mm-hmm. good their defense can be. I think it gets a little overshadowed because of Keane and Donovan and Zardis and Juninho and their attack and the goals that they can produce, but their defense is really good. Their defense is very organized, experienced. Robbie Rogers is coming to and is coming to his own and yep. been arguably the best left back in the league since he moved there. Dan Gargan has been another Bruce Arena, uh, uh, you know, scrap heap revelation at, at right back. So their defense, I said it, we said it before the series. Their defense is what gives them the clear edge in this series, and I think that. Coupled with Seattle's hiccups now, uh, attacking wise, it's just not looking good for them. And then you throw in Alonzo not being around. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I tell you what, if I'm Seattle coming out of out of L.A. one only only down one zero, you got to feel pretty good about that. Well, especially in the goal is a deflection off someone too. It wasn't a totally clean goal either. Right. I mean, they, you know, you don't have Alonzo, you don't have Lamar Nagel, and to get out of there only down one zero, you 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 count yourself pretty lucky because look, LA could have definitely had more goals. I mean, at the, on the same token, if you're Seattle, you're probably thinking of those chances that you had uh, that Jaime Pinedo came up and 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 made big saves on. You're gonna feel like, man, we could have had if we could have just had one of those away goals. We are in the driver's seat. Um, but now it's all they have all to play for. They're in Seattle. They're at home. No excuses. You're gonna have a packed house. Uh, they need Alonzo. I don't know what the status is with Alonzo, but if they don't have Alonzo, I really, really can't see them winning because um, they they could score goals, right? They could get a goal or two, but I just can't see them shutting out the Galaxy without Alonzo. Anyone who watched this game, the first leg, the Galaxy dominated play. It was like the it, it, honestly at times it was Seattle looked like they were a man down, like they like they didn't have enough people in the midfield. Because LA was just thoroughly dominating them, it just shows you how important Alonzo is. What he means, he's like the, he does the work of two players in the middle of the field, and when he's not there, you feel it. So, if they're gonna realistically have a chance to not only sh- not only score a couple goals, but shut down the Galaxy, they absolutely need Alonzo 
Without him, I just don't see it. I think the Galaxy scores at least one away goal and takes this series. Well, you definitely saw the detachment between not having Alonzo in, in what it did. I mean, and, and part of the reason why, as we've talked about this, I mean, Clint Dempsey and Oba Femi Martins, the reason why they're not scoring is because it's just them two up top by themselves. I mean, you don't see anyone behind them. There were multiple times when they were the only two guys in the picture and you had about five LA Galaxy defenders uh, around them. And, and that's difficult, Ivis, when it's two on five. As good as they are and they're able to create chances, I mean, they're not going to be able to do it every single time. And, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, Seattle's just how the midfield disappears and, and then you have issues with, with the back line for them, too, which, yes, yes, their defense is good, and Chad Marshall's been outstanding for them this year, uh, you know, defender of the year. But it's just very difficult, Ivis, um, uh, for Seattle to overcome the loss of Alonzo. They, they just don't have that uh, tenacity in the midfield. But I did find it kind of interesting, without Alonzo in this match, I mean, the amount of crosses the LA Galaxy uh, put into the box in this one, too. I mean, Seattle did a good job uh, clearing every single uh, cross LA, LA put in, which I think was in the 20s at, at the end of the match. Well, when you have Chad Marshall there, I mean, he's he's the air marshal, right? I mean, he's going to, you know, take care of the stuff in, uh, that comes in like that. Um, but the thing, that's the thing with Seattle, right? Their attack, you know, you watch the highlights and you see them on the counter. You see Martins and Dempsey bearing down. Um, and that's what they do well. You know, they catch on the counter. Um, they get the ball forward to those guys, and those guys can make things happen when it's, you know, 2v2 or, or even 2v3. But against a team that's organized defensively, mm-hmm. They just aren't going to have as much success because they, you know, they rely on being able to to put that pressure on you quickly on the counter. But if you are organized, if you keep your bodies back and you and you're not uh, overextending yourself defensively, uh, you just make it so much tougher for Seattle. And and even with look, Seattle, they could have scored a couple goals. They could have scored a couple goals if not for Pinedo. Uh, but I just think I, it goes back to the Galaxy's defense. I think. We all know what Keenan Donovan can do, and Zardis is looking really good. And and they're, for me, they're going to score a goal, but uh, I I I just don't think their defense is going to get. I don't see Seattle putting up a three spot on LA's defense. I just don't see it happening. No, I, especially with the way LA played in Seattle last time these two teams met. Yes, Seattle did defeat them two zero, but. I mean, up until, I think, what, the 70th minute and the 80th minute, L.A. just dominated that entire match, and it did slip away from them. Uh, but that was L.A. without Omar Gonzalez and also without Landon Donovan. So, I mean, going to the second leg here, Ivis, I mean, I think you and I are on the same page that we're both thinking the L.A. Galaxy will emerge uh, victorious in this. I think so. I mean, I think I, I think they'll, um, they, the, it's going to be a great atmosphere, I'm sure. CenturyLink's going to be packed. Um but the Galaxy, they're a veteran team. They're not going to be phased by that. They're not going to be uh, you know, overwhelmed by that. You know Seattle's going to come out flying to start this game. Um, but at the same time, they can't be reckless because you know all it takes is one L.A. goal. And all of a sudden, it's a disaster. You know, it, like If L.A. scores the first goal, I mean, the, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're Seattle. You need three goals. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Actually, no, I think you need four goals to win, right? If it's uh, – if LA scores, that'd be two zero. They'd be up by two, and LA would need actually, yeah, that'd be it. So LA, uh, Seattle has to walk that tightrope where they want to be aggressive, they want to go at you, but they cannot afford, they cannot afford to give up that goal. But I think LA is going to get it. I just think with Keen back, Keen there, Keen playing well, Zardis is Zard. I thought Zardis looked really good in the first leg as well. So they're going to find a goal. I just think they're going to do that, and that'll that'll blow it out of the water for them. Uh, I know it's late for you, Ivis, but uh, four goals would not be the circumstance. If L.A. scored one goal, that would give them two goals total. Seattle would have to score uh, 
We'll score three goals. I know math isn't your subject, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Three goals. But, again, Seattle having to score three goals on L.A.'s defense. Um, yeah. That, that's a that's a that's a tall order, especially if LA can get a goal first, and and then oh my gosh, that just <laughs> makes it even so much more difficult. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I, I'm looking forward to. it. I think it's gonna be more more exciting more, more than the first leg. I think, I think uh, you know the, the first leg's always a little, you know, you, you're walking on eggshells a bit, and I think the the second leg things open up a bit. And we've seen these teams have some pretty exciting matchups in the playoffs before. I think I I, I remember. Um, I don't know how many was it two years ago when when uh, Seattle uh, they they uh, they scored a bunch of goals to try to pull back in, but LA's lead was just too much. And I think we're going to get that kind of situation again where it's going to be wide open back and forth. But I think LA's defense is just going to be too organized, and uh, Bruce Arena is going to you know win the battle of the legendary MLS coaches. Well, you're at least going to be guaranteed one legendary coach in the final on the west side, but I was on the east side. You're going to have one of these uh, new and up-and-coming coaches who played in Major League Soccer. That's going to be a good matchup, man, between the two managers, old generation versus new generation. Yep, that's that's what you're going to have. And uh, uh, we're not going to look that far ahead yet. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the MLS Cup matchups. But uh, the, 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 the LA-Seattle game will definitely make the weekend. I, I think the, the New York uh, New England one. I think New England will take care of that. That 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 one's a little. That one, I just don't see that having much suspense. But I think the LA one, um, especially if Seattle can get on the board uh, early uh, and and try to. Seattle's definitely a momentum team. They're a team that if they do get that goal, they they they, you know, they smell the blood in the water. Yeah. And they and they go for it. So, uh, yeah, first goal is going to mean everything in that one, obviously. But um, we'll see what Seattle can do. I'm not going to say they have no chance. They have a chance. They're at home. Dempsey and, and and Martins have been so dangerous together, um, but it's it's going to come down to that Seattle. You know, can that Seattle defense keep LA off the board? And if they and if if they if they can, then Seattle is definitely has a ch- great chance. But if they can't, then they're toast. And Major League Soccer began to release the winners of the end of season awards uh, coming out this week. You had uh, Tesho Akindeli winning Rookie of the Year, Chad Marshall, no surprise there. Winning Defender of the Year, bringing it back, uh, I was to Rookie of the Year. Um, there were a few guys who I think you and I have discussed over the past few months that we thought could be up for the award. Um, you know, what are your, kind of your thoughts with Rookie of the Year, and, and who is your, uh, your nomination for it? Well, I tell you what, it was always a three horse race, right? And it was between Akindele, uh, Steve Birnbaum, and Harrison Ship. Uh, Harrison Ship really had a strong early part of the year. Now we're going to do our awards picks, our S, our official SBI show. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLS awards selections uh, in our next show, which will drop on Monday. So we'll we'll offer more detail then. But all I would say for now is regarding the rookie pick, he was definitely not my pick. He was third on my ballot. Uh, I had Birnbaum, I had Steve Birnbaum and Harrison Ship ahead of him. Um, I, you know, I, I'll get into the whys and I'll get into the theories as to why Akindele won when we do our our award show next week. But look, congratulations to him. I don't want to crap on his parade. He 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 had a good rookie season. He was really uh, uh he really came uh out of out of out of nowhere last yeah, he did year. Come out of nowhere. He, he impressed at the combine. He really turned heads at the combine, and, and that's when you first got your glimpse of a guy who could who could potentially make an impact on the on the MLS level, and he did that. So credit to him. Um, but no, I like he wasn't my pick. He was like we're you know, if we're talking about the complete season. 
I just thought Steve Birnbaum was more deserving. When you're the best, when you're starting defender, starting central defender on the team with the best defensive record in the league, you should win. Uh, and then, and then for me, Harrison Ship from beginning of the season to the end of the season had a more complete season. Akindele pretty much got hot and had a, a hot month to six weeks, and and that was really what he rode to the the award. And we'll get we'll get more into that uh, when we do the show next week. But you know what? Not gonna uh, FC Dallas considering Oscar Pariha got screwed over for yeah. for Coach of the Year, uh, even not even being a nominated uh, selection there. You could kind of m- maybe give FC Dallas something to to kind of get happy about here. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yes, I still can't get over how Oscar Pariha was not Coach of the Year. Um, the Defender of the Year I, I, with you, uh, I, I also have to agree with uh, Brumbaum. I, I thought you could make a case for Harry Ship. Um, and then at times, then I sit there and I say, well, you know, Birnbaum playing next to Bobby Boswell and Sean Franklin. I mean, that, that's quite nice if you're a rookie being able to play next to those guys in the back line. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, he Birnbaum really helped Boswell. Birnbaum, Birnbaum's uh, athleticism uh, and his strength, like he he actually, if you watch the games, I'm just, look, Boswell obviously helped him. Uh, you know, uh, he mentored him. He he really showed him the ropes of the position. But when you watch them play, uh, Birnbaum definitely helped uh, Boswell as well. So I think it was a mutual thing there. Um, and then let's let's face it, be getting help from teammates is not exactly like Akindele, uh, w- w- You could Fabian Castillo uh, should get half of this award because it was uh, Castillo's play that really helped push Akindele through that really hot six weeks that he had. Uh, the hat trick comes to mind. The hat trick that he scored, uh, you know, a lot, big part of that was 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 Fabian Castillo. But look, all three of them very promising players. Chris Duval from the Red Bulls finished fourth. Eric Miller is another rookie who I thought you know quietly for Montreal had a good season. So a decent rookie class. But uh, these three, these top three, were definitely the top three this year. Uh, defender, uh, I'm sorry, Akindele finished the year. Ivis with uh, seven goals and three assists. Um, defender of the year, Chad Marshall. I, I think that's an obvious pick right there. I think everyone's on the same page, and uh, I mean, he, he was the best defender this year. I mean, that that is, I think, the most obvious pick out of all the awards here at the end of the year. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty easy, and uh, I, I would say Matt Hedges is a better candidate than maybe some people realize because, again, that when you want to talk about the country as a whole, I don't think that many like you don't get a ton of people outside of Texas that follow FC Dallas that closely. So it's easy to overlook what a guy like Hedges does for that team. But if you know, if you watched him uh, play this year, I mean, when you think about the fact that he, all the injuries that they had on their back line and, and the, 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 the various players that, that Hedges had to play alongside in central defense, he definitely deserves credit for that. He deserves credit for being that, that anchor in the back for them and, and, and giving them stability defensively and also even giving them a threat on set pieces. So he really was a great all-around player. Uh, he had a uh, defender and he had a breakout season. Uh, he's definitely a, a best 11 caliber player this year. He should be best 11 for my money. Uh, but Chad Marshall, like you look at the way you look at Seattle, right? And you know, they got all the weapons in their attack, but their defense at times you watch them and it's like they're hanging on by a thread. And Marshall was really the glue that kept them together. Like nothing against Zach Scott, but Zach Scott, he's not, he's not a great defender. And, DeAndre Yedlin, as we know, can be a liability defensively uh, at times. And Leo Gonzalez, pretty solid veteran, but you know he's not a he's not a world beater. So Marshall coming in was so huge for them, and he really uh, he really was a big reason that they won Supporters Shield. So 
you know, that's why for me, he, he he's a pretty strong, pretty strong pick. Like Hedges, I love Hedges, his 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 candidacy, uh, but I, you got to go Marshall. Um, I, f- I, f- I, f- I failed to mention this on the uh, the Rookie of the Year. I was Oscar Perea, it's back-to-back seasons that he's had a player win Rookie of the Year. He knows what he's doing with his young kids. Yes, he does. He's not afraid to play the young guys, and uh, he's got a pretty keen eye when it, when it comes to, to selecting attacking young attacking talent. So let's see what FC Dallas does with their first-round pick next year. Uh, well, Ivis and I will put out the rest of our awards uh, for the show that will appear on Monday morning. Uh, we'll go over MVP, Newcomer of the Year, Coach, um, and, and a few other ones. Uh, moving on to a bigger platform for end-of-year awards. Tim Howard is named U.S. Soccer Male Athlete of the Year with his impressive performance in the World Cup. Ivis, there's no one more fitting to win the award. Tim Howard uh, kept off an excellent year, and it's a very deserving award for him. Uh, it's a pretty safe pick. It's a good, it's a solid pick. First thing I want to say, though, can we change the name of this award? What is the deal with this? Like, why, what, what, why do we have to say athlete? Why can't we just say player? Like, I, I just feel like, like I don't know, I don't know where why they decided to name. Why can't they just say player? Um, it, it's just I don't know. Maybe it's a nit, it's a nitpicking thing. And um, but I would like to see them change the name of that award. But anyway, Tim Howard, uh, obviously really good World Cup. Everton, he had another solid season at Everton. But I gotta say, Jermaine Jones, he's got a bit of a he's got a bit of a argument here for this award. If you think about it, because he went, he played in Turkey, did well in Turkey. Uh, and no, and, you, and it's hard to quantify that. Obviously, we don't get to watch the Turkish league. We don't know how well he did there. But by all accounts, when you're when you're you know you heard reports and 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 just talking to people, uh, I remember when the U.S. played Turkey uh, and talking to some journalists about you know what he sh- what Jones showed while he was in Turkey and apparently showed really well there. Um, but it comes down to the World Cup. He was outstanding in the World Cup. He was, for my money, he was the best U.S. player. At the World Cup, right? So you take that. And then he comes to MLS and helps propel New England to this run that they're on. The hottest run in the league. He's been outstanding. You know, they're a step away from MLS Cup. Now, if they get to MLS Cup, let's say they get there and they win it. Like, how is he not? How is he not the U.S. Soccer Player of the Year? Like, for me, I would give I would give him the nod. Um, but look, Howard, obviously, you know, he, he he's, he's been great. He's so consistent. Um, so it's hard to say it was a bad pick, but for me, like if I'm looking at it and we're watching Jermaine Jones and the impact that he's had, and obviously MLS is not the premier league. So you can, you know, how do you kind of, you know, balance that out when you're trying to compare the two. But all I know is Jermaine Jones was for me, the best American player at the world cup. And now he, he's been really good this year on the club level as well. So, you know what he, I think he has more of a fight than anyone else. I agree. But when you talk about, um, you know, moments that everyone remembers. I mean, you mentioned it earlier on the show when you, when you talked about the rookie of the year, you know, certain performances stand out. And I mean, obviously Tim Howard's performance against Belgium. I mean, you have to assume that, the, I mean, the amount of media attention that got in, in, in the World Cup record, I mean, that, that's kind of the thing that spilled him over the edge. No, sure. I mean, it's not a shock. It's not, I mean, if you'd have asked me before it came out who I think they'll, will, will win it, I was, I mean, Tim Howard would be a pretty safe pick. Um, I'm just saying I think Jones has a better shot than, than maybe some people realize. And keeping it focused on the U.S. national team players, it was a great weekend for the Americans abroad. Uh, Americans abroad. <laughs> um, Terrence Boyd uh, returned to action. Ivis had a brace. I think a lot of U.S. fans are going to be happy to hear that name once again. Um, Terrence Boyd didn't make the World Cup, but you know, Ivis this is a guy that people need to keep their eye on, a potential 
guy to put, you know take over for Josie Altador in the future, and it's great to see Terrence Boyd back and scoring goals. Well, let's not just talk about Boyd. It was actually a really good weekend for Americans abroad as a whole, and it's a weekend that if you're an, if you're a U.S. fan, you absolutely need it to kind of restore faith, restore your faith in in American soccer. Because let's face it, after that Ireland debacle. You got a lot of U.S. fans that are on. You know, it was one game. I know that. I know that. But you know, there's a lot of people that are on the ledge right now, and it's not even. And honestly, it's not. It's not one game. Let's be honest. It's been since the World Cup, and you know, one since the Ghana game, they've had one win, one win in what seven, eight games now. Um, It's. I think the Ireland game was just kind of the culmination of the building fears. Over the state of the team, um, but that's a whole other thing. We're not even going to get into <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. You're going to get me worked up. No, because I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I think people are going. Everyone's a overreacting. Dude. Fine, but we're not going to get into yes. that now. We're going to talk on, about move on, move the on. Positive weekend that Americans abroad had. Terrence Boyd scores twice. Aaron Johansson scores the winner for AZ. Joe Zhao has made his return. He did. Uh, he he played with the with uh, Borussia Dortmund's uh, B team. Uh, got back. Uh, they they play in uh, Bundesliga three. He got back, uh, which is I mean pretty impressive. Cause, I mean he's been he was out what like five weeks, and there was a time that it looked like he would miss he would be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, it looked, it looked so, worse. Right. So he so it's 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 definitely encouraging that he came back. John Brooks gets in the starting yep. lineup for Hertha Berlin in Bundesliga play for the first time since September, uh, which is great, especially for him coming off of the Columbia game, which I thought he played really well in. So. You put all those pieces together, and it kind of gives you—you you, know—you're feeling a little good now. If you're a U.S. fan, you're looking at that, and you say, "You know what? Maybe things aren't as crazy, awful as as it seemed based on the U, on the Ireland game uh, and even the Colombia game. Um, it, it's things aren't aren't that crazy, right? I mean, the team is a work in progress, but it's easy to forget that there's a lot of guys who weren't part of that exactly camp, that weren't part of that game, weren't part of the Ireland game. Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones, Tim Howard's obviously on on you know on a, on a break because he's not around. Uh, but then you had Johansson and Boyd, two yes. guys who were coming back from injury, so they weren't a part of the team either. So you get you start thinking, looking ahead to March, and the big question now is, or the big task at hand is, can some of these guys who are struggling for minutes improve their situations? Uh, because between now and March, you need guys like Fabian Johnson. To improve his situation, Josie Altador obviously to improve his situation. Uh, Timmy Chandler is what Timmy Chandler, you know, he gets to share minutes, so you know he's someone who needs to keep going. Jeff Cameron needs to stay in the lineup at Stoke City. Uh, so as you have that build up, come March, you'd like to think that as a group, it's a better, it's a more informed group. Uh, and, and then you know Michael Bradley coming back from the knees, uh, from the the foot surgery. Uh, you expect Dempsey to be around. You expect Jones to be around. Omar Gonzalez. Once you get everybody together, come the to, come next year. I think then you can start talking about the the real U.S. team, the full U.S. team. And the, and and once we see that team play, mm-hmm. then you can start talking about what the true state of the team is. Because I think I don't know. I think people are yeah, people are, overreacting. Are right, right. People are reacting a little bit. Well, it's it's like you just said. Look, if Aaron Johansson's healthy, he's probably playing against Ireland. Terrence Boyd possibly be healthy. He's also possibly playing against against Ireland. I just it's it, I like I said, people are fans, and and I get why you get upset. But like so much is going to change. I mean, just give it two months, and what's going to happen at that January MLS camp? I mean, there's so much stuff that's going to happen. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know what? You you do need some guys to step up and wake up. You need Fabian Johnson, who who was atrocious. Actually, I just finished a piece for Goal.com uh, that that is should be out now. And it'll, if you're listening to the show, you can go check this uh, story out. Uh, rating kind of the winners and losers of the November friendlies, and you know Fabian Johnson was atrocious, no doubt about it. Matt Beasler, he was a mess, and and he's tired. The guy needs a break. Like I I, I didn't I didn't think Linsman should call him in. For these games, but he called him in. He didn't look good. Um, so when you got those two guys who were so key at the World Cup, mm-hmm. Fabian Johnson, Matt Beasler, looking so bad, um, you know, you got to ask yourself: Are they going to stay looking that bad, or will things change in the next few months? Matt Beasler's going to get a month off now, yeah. which should definitely help him. Fabian Johnson, you know, that's the that's the situation where you got to ask yourself: What's going on there? Is it, you know, was it a bad move on his part to go to Mönchengladbach? Does he need to make a move? Can he afford to sit around? Uh, I'm sure he's on really good money at Mönchengladbach, so maybe it won't be easy for him to just walk away from that or, or ask for a loan move. Or will Mönchengladbach want to make a loan move, or are they, they going to just keep him around? So uh, there, there's there's a lot of like situations like that. Obviously, Josie Altidore, he is I I he won't be at Sunderland come January February. He'll be he'll be on to a new club. And you want to see where he lands and, and if he ends up in a good situation. So, you know what? There's still a lot in progress. There's a lot of pieces that need to get, you know, fall into place. But uh, anyone that thinks it's like head for the hills time or, 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 no. or time to, time to you know, build a bunker in the backyard because you think U.S. soccer is going to collapse, American soccer is ready to fall apart. Settle down, folks. It's not that serious. It's head for the hills time if we don't. Um, if we don't advance to at least the finals of the next Gold Cup, right. then then well, then I'll freak out. Well, the summer is going to be the real yeah. The, not only for the Gold Cup, but there's going to be some big games in the summer. The, uh, you know, obviously the Germany friendly has been talked about, and you know, I mean, I've heard I've heard talk of a, a potential friendly against the Netherlands as well. So that's I mean, some that's some really good tests that uh, you know between that and then and playing in the Gold Cup, getting a chance to to play Mexico, who obviously they they're in pretty good shape right now. That's going to tell us the real deal. And I can understand there's a fear uh, of, a, of the team falling apart or the team regressing or the team kind of, you know, hitting this, hitting a lull or Klinsman losing the team. And there's, all, there's so much stuff floating around. And look, I'm not saying Klinsman has all the answers. I'm not saying Klinsman's definitely going to get this team to the promised land. But I just think it's a little early to start pressing the panic button just because of some friendly results. And keeping it on the Americans Abroad theme, this time we are not talking about a player. We're talking about a coach. Uh, reports came out that Bob Bradley turned down an opportunity to move over to Swedish side, Jote Borja, uh, one of the powerful clubs in uh, in Sweden. I just um, you know, clicked in reports on, on why Bob Bradley turned it down. But, hey, I mean, nice to see interest from uh, clubs that, that are, you know, the next level um, that are talking to Bob Bradley. It's nice to see that. Absolutely, it's a it's a positive sign. It shows that that his work is is being noticed. And and obviously, when he made the decision to go to Europe um, and and take a job with a small team like Stabæk, like he saw it as a, as a springboard, as an opportunity to to really get closer to that ladder in Europe, to, so he can climb that European ladder and blaze a new trail for American coaches. And uh, I do got <laughs> just to point point out to people. The Swedish club, uh, it's spelled G-O-T-E, is it B-O-R-G, and there's an umlaut under the O. So, so we add, we went online and we looked up how to say the name, and I I used to always say Göteborg, 
but uh, it, it's actually according to what we found, it's if in the people in Sweden pronounce it Jöteborgie, and I think that's pretty cool. So we're gonna stick with that. I'm sure that's how Bob Bradley says it because he's very he's a stickler. He's a stickler for his Swedish pronunciations. I'll, it always made me laugh whenever he would talk about uh, Orobro. And, and he would always say it very, like, with the Swedish, like, Orobro. Like, he, w- he would just say it, like, really with the per- at per- correct pronunciation. So if you were curious how to pronounce Göteborg, it's it's the Swedish pronunciation, Göteborgie. So there you go. Um, learn something, you learn something new every day. That, 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 that's a, it's a difficult one, Ivis. It is, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm just gonna say goatee Borg. You could you yeah, say goat, that. Goat, yeah, goat Borg. It just sounds. So, <laughs> it's like the American pronunciation is goat Borg. But that's so American. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, also, reports are coming out uh, that Ventura Alvarado, who everyone's probably saying, who uh, he's a Phoenix-born defender oh. playing for Club <laughs> America. Apparently he's uh, passing down an opportunity to play for the U.S. and wants to play for Mexico. I gotta say, Ivis, man, this, guy, this guy's not representing Phoenix pretty, very well. Well, what I want to know is how did AZ kicks it not break the story? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really want to know. Because I, I I don't speak Spanish, that's why. <laughs> eh, well, that's yeah, that's your problem, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, this is uh, I'm sure some, this this will turn some heads because uh, Alvarado, in case you missed it. He's at Club America, top team in Mexico. He made, I believe, his first team debut or his league debut, his Liga MX debut. I could be wrong, but I thought I, I heard that he played. He got a start uh, for Club America recently, so he's kind of on the come up, right? He, he's played um, in a few games for them, and then he also played in a uh, Concacaf Champions League game for them this year, right? Too, well, he's so. played in cup games and, yeah. and and the and the like, but I think he play, he got his first Liga MX start uh, recently, and so he's there. You know, he's on the radar. Uh, he's got. He's obviously a talented player, um, but you know you're not. Gonna, if you as the U.S., you're not gonna get every single guy. I mean, it, but this kid, he's, he seems pretty promising. He's been on the radar for a while. He's been part of our Americans Abroad recaps for a while now. He's only 22 years old, right? So he's young. He's got some talent, um, and it looks like the U.S. is gonna lose him. So uh, you can't get them all. You can't win them all. It's a little unfortunate, um, but you know, let's face it. When you get a young Mexican American player. Playing in Mexico, it's just going to be tough to to get to pull him out of that. So, uh, but who knows? You know, maybe he'll change his mind. I mean, it's been known to happen, right? I mean, he was, he was a, uh, Edgar Castillo uh, comes to mind. So we'll see what happens uh, until he's actually officially capped by Mexico. I don't think we should rule him out just yet. Maybe maybe Garrett will get down to Phoenix, find him in the off find him in his off season, and 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 give him give him what for. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm sure my epic speech will work for him. Yes, just talk him, talk him, uh, tell him about uh, you know why playing for America is is the way to go, and not Club America, but the United States of America. I can't even think of reasons to play for the U.S. Wow! <laughs> oh, dude! Wow! Yeah, Lobo. Uh, the Copa America draw came out. Uh, Ivis, you have Mexico's playing in it and Jamaica. Uh, is playing in it. Uh, I mean, it, it, the field is always going to be so tough between all these teams. Um, I mean, did any, anything stand out to you with the draw? Uh, well, uh, some great matchups, uh, especially Colombia versus Brazil. We get to see that one more time. Obviously, we saw that at the World Cup, and um, 
you know, Columbia, you like to think, you know, if they get them, you know, now that they're going to have that chance to face them again, you know, that you, you they could definitely knock off Brazil. Uh, what should be noted is with the Mexico and Jamaica um, participation in this, because I, I, you, it was inevitable when this draw happened that people were going to be reminded that the U.S. isn't a part of this, and <laughs> why aren't we a part of this? Let, let's back it up, folks, because you got to remember or you got to understand. Jamaica and Mexico will not be sending their full-strength teams to Copa America. Their full-strength teams will be competing in the Gold Cup. And they're going to like most likely mostly be sending B teams to the Copa America. And you don't want to be sending B teams to face the kind of competition that they're going to be facing. Um, so, you know, for anyone... Well, why, don't I, we, why don't we sign up and send like our U23s? Well, here <laughs> that that would be some good experience for the for the, for some of those kids. It would be, but let's let's not forget. Look, 2007 Copa America. For those who forget, the U.S. sent a team there. <laughs> that worked, and and it, it did not go well. And uh, not only did it not go well, but I, I don't I don't think the folks down in and Common Ball were too happy about the fact that the U.S. sent a B team. Um, and that could still be a reason why at this point, or, or it, it's probably a reason why the U.S. hasn't been invited back. Um, but this tournament is—I think it's going to be a great tournament. Uh, you, you've got you got you got Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Chile. That four, that foursome. You're talking four of the top best teams in the world right now, and it's going to be great to see them all going at it in Chile. Chile is the home team. Don't be surprised if Chile wins that whole thing because um, they're a they're that good, and b the home field edge definitely plays a role. Um, but I can say right now, Mexico, uh, you know. They might get out of the group just because they're in a pretty soft group. They they could get to the quarters, but uh, they could also get pretty. They get they could also get embarrassed because they're going to have a young team, and I'm sure they'll chalk that up to experience. But you know, any U.S. fans that are sitting there saying, "Well, why aren't we in that? Why should we should have a team there?" Like, settle down. It's not. It's not. It's, uh, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's not that serious. Um, I'm looking at this 2007 U.S. squad. Yes. Lee Wynn. Yes. Taylor Tw- Taylor Twelman. Yep. Kyle Beckerman, Jimmy Conrad, Ben Olsen. Keep going. There's a, Eddie Johnson, Charlie Davies, Hercules Gomez, Heath Pierce, Bobby Boswell, Jay Demerit. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of diverse names on this list. Yeah, blast from the past right there. Yeah, but, man. Uh, it was very ugly, though. <laughs> Let's not forget that. How did they do? They got smoked three games. They got pummeled. It was not pretty. Yes, they lost all three. What was the combined score lines in, the, in those? Days? Uh, two goals for and eight goals against. Right, and I think uh, the, I think the two goals might have been penalties. Actually, I could be wrong. Uh, um, Eddie Johnson had a penalty. Right. See, there's one was a penalty. I'd say if I if I recall correctly, and I could be wrong. Uh, so they played Argentina in that in that right. They yes. played and they, they played Messi in that. And I seem to recall the first half of that game, uh, the U.S. doing a decent job of containing Messi. And I think was Bornstein. Did you do? You, are do you have that in front of you? Do you have the games in front of you? Yeah, let me check right now. If I, I feel like Born, it, may, it might not have been Bornstein, but some American player that was like containing Messi. And at the time, it's like, oh wow, he just he's containing Messi. And then the second half, they just opened up a can, and it was all over. I'm checking for you right now, Ivis. Oh, there's hi- oh, there's highlights. There's highlights on YouTube. Of course, there's highlights of everything on YouTube. Nice. I'm sure there's Divas FC highlights of your your rec team getting shellacked in the final. Yeah, there are no highlights of that. That was. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I, I got to bring up that stuff. <laughs> we have to talk about it. We're, we we have a very comprehensive 
uh, breakdown here on on SBX show. We had no reporters at the game though. No one, no one responded to my. You're a reporter. Yeah, but no one responded to my media alert though. I mean, I want to be interviewed. <laughs> no one, no one pays attention to any of your media alerts. Let's be honest. I, I want people to come up to me and be like, "Why do you suck at center back?" And I can tell them why. You know, why are you playing center back? Are you kidding? Because no one else on the team is volunteering, so it's like. I, I would put I you at center back play. on a U10 girls team. Why, what, what are you doing in an adult men's league? I don't co-ed, know. Co-ed league, co-ed league, co-ed league. I don't know because no one else wants to. Dude, anyone listening to the show plays <laughs> plays adult league knows how hard it want, it is to find one a goalkeeper and to find a dude who will play center back and not like pull off like 80-yard runs and then forget to play <laughs> center back. Trust me, anyone who plays adult league knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. Nice. Well, there it is. All right. Enough, enough, uh, enough of Divas FC. So yeah, we got go. smoked. It did you find Jonathan? Did you find who was the starting? Uh... No, I didn't. Well, you, wanted right. me, you wanted me to break down Divas FC. So I mean, what, what do you want from me? All right, all right, we can move on. We can move on. Well, that's the end of the show, Ivis. I mean, unless you want to do a Q and A between you and I. I think we should do a Q and A. Let's do a Q and A. Okay, you, you go first. Oh, I gotta go first. Yep. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, where would you go? On your honeymoon, once you have a honeymoon, where would you go? <laughs> that's that's a trap question. Hey man, it's it's Q and A. Everything's everything's. Also, real quickly, Jonathan Boardstein did play in that game. Messi also did play. Right. Well, that's then. So then, I think I remember it correctly. I think yeah. Bornstein did relatively decently in the first half of that game, dealing with Messi, and then in the second half, he just it just it just got ugly. Hmm. I might have to dig up the old SBI uh, live commentary. For, oh, for wow. Me. Here, I just typed into Google. What? Uh, I typed Jonathan Boardstein versus Messi, and then a uh, a thread on um, Big Soccer popped up from 2007. God, the internet's great, man. You can find anything. <laughs> oh, but then it doesn't pull up the article. But for some reason, the subject line on the thread on Big Soccer is Jonathan Bornstein. I stopped messy. Next is Beckham. <laughs> right, right. Well, I love it. it. So, so then I am remembering that correctly. I think in the first half he did relatively well. Messi wasn't quite on his game in the first half, and then in the second half, Argentina just opened up a can on, on the U.S. <laughs> it was Here, not pretty. Here's a comment from this guy. He held Messi for 65 minutes before Messi destroyed not only Bornstein, but the entire U.S. midfield and defense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was not pretty. It was, it was 1-1. <laughs> yeah, and that, that game was 1-1 in the 60th, and it finished 4-1. So that, that tells you all you need to know in that game. So, so for, for a good 59 minutes... <laughs> For a good fifty nine minutes, U.S. fans were, you know, in in heaven and thinking about, oh, we're gonna make a run, and then and then the wheels fell off, and and they they proceeded to be outscored uh, seven to one in in their next three games. <laughs> Interesting factoid: the, uh-huh. the goal score for Colombia against the, against uh, the U.S. in that was was Jaime Castrillon, who. Uh, who uh, is here now playing do, in the? How do you how do you remember all this stuff? It's called the uh, Google, actually. <laughs> well, I remember the messy, the messy thing, just because that—that's kind of memorable. You remember, yeah, you remember. No, messy no, no, but yeah, but like you remember like games from like it was seven well, if you years were, ago. Dang. Well, if you watch the games or if you were at the games, it's kind of easy to remember. I mean, yeah. I remember the '05 Gold Cup final. I was there. Penalties. Brad Davis scores the winner. Remember that? The Panamanian trumpets. God, I'm, an I'm an old man. I'm an I'm an old man, man. I, I I've been around. I remember all. I remember, hey, listen. I remember 2002 World Cup, USA Mexico. I remember getting off the train 
and hearing those Mexican noisemaker things that they spin and it kind of like rattles. And it's like, I, I remember going to that game thinking, man, there's going to be like no fans. There's going to be no Mexico fans in this game. This, we're in Asia. And holy crap, there were like thousands of Mexican fans getting off the train in, in South Korea. It was hilarious. But uh, as we all know, the U.S. won that game. Yeah, they did. Did you just Google that or do you remember that? No, I remember that. I, I remember my first. I remember everything about my first World Cup. It was a great experience. I remember every single. You can ask me anything you want about the 2002 World Cup, and I will. Uh, I, I mean, it's it, it honestly. It, it was it was what 12 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Every aspect of it, because you know what? When you're you know what was I 20? I was 27. I was this is my first World Cup. Uh, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm this reporter from a small paper in Jersey. Uh, not many people knew me there. It was like, and, and I, it was just, it was amazing, man. It was an amazing experience. 27 years old, man, I'm 27. What am I doing with my life? Nothing. It's, it's coming, man. It's coming. Come thanks on. for, thanks for putting that in perspective. I was, <laughs> have faith, man. Have faith. Um, you're doing pretty well. I would say, I don't think you're doing that badly. Thank, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. You're working in soccer. You got, you got a nice girlfriend. You got, you got all your hair, all your teeth. What else do you want? Yeah, I, 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 I cannot complain. There you go. All right, so your turn, dude. I asked you a question. I guess. Oh, well, com- complete tangent. Um, <laughs> how did we get into Copa America when we were talking about? I asked you about your honeymoon. How did we even do that? Oh, because like, I, I told you that Bornstein played against Messi. How, how did that have to do with your honeymoon? Oh, Where nothing. You... I was just letting you know that you were right. You did remember correctly. Oh. My honeymoon? I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna sit, ah, I'm gonna sit I on a, I want to sit on a beach for for a week and do nothing. That sounds nice, well, right? I don't, about, I don't know about doing nothing. Well, you know what I mean. I, well, my <laughs> thing is, is like honeymoon. you're gonna be doing something. Well, no, my <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you know, you give me crap for like dropping the occasional like no no word on this show, but then like you drop you know things like that that are very obvious. What are you talking about? Oh my god. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's gonna be, dude? I, I can never figure out why people want to like do like a European trip for a week. Like, doesn't that, that sounds no, horrible? No, I'm not saying that. Well, no. I mean, you know, you want to. No, have it sounds nice, but you like, have a, honestly, that is not a honeymoon trip. That is more of a like that, that's ten, a, year, ten year anniversary yeah. trip. Yeah. My ten year anniversary tour with my wife. We went. We did Paris and we did Rome for a week. It was great, amazing experience. Yeah. No, your honeymoon. You want to just chill. Spent time together. Me and my wife, we, we went to uh, the Dominican Republic for our honeymoon. We were on the East Coast, beautiful beach there, and uh, had a great time. We just chilled out uh, by that's the beach saying. for a yeah, week. That's what I'm saying. Just hang, sit on the beach and do nothing. You know, that's, that's have an occasional part. cocktail. You know, that sounds nice. Yeah, occasional, more than a few. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. So it was yeah. Right. That, that's that's I I don't I definitely don't get the whole. Let's have like the amazing race. Yeah, you know? I don't get you that. Know? Yeah, right. eh, you know it's each their own. Yeah. Um, crap. A question for you. Hmm. You're come on. I'm horrible at these things. I know. I know everything about you now, Ivis. <laughs> you know everything. You're like you're like my second father now at this point. Nice. Come on, man. Uncle. I'll take uncle. I'm not that old. <laughs> I, hey, look. There, there are enough guys on the SBI staff that I could be their fathers. You're not one of them. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Can I start naming who I think they are? <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out. It's not that hard. Um, let me think. Of, let me think of something. Um, we're gonna have to edit this. No, we're not. We're keeping it on. Uh, okay, fine. What was the first 
okay, it's a two-parter. What was the first alcoholic beverage you ever had, and what was the first beer that you had? First beer? Yeah. Do you remember like what what, what company? What type of beer? Man, I can't remember that. No, can't remember uh, that. Budweiser. I feel like that right. was the first. Maybe that's, was a, maybe that's a little too extreme. I don't, I don't know. That's so random. Who remembers that? Yeah. I don't. Remember. Well, I remember yeah. mine. I mean, mine was only like ten years ago, so I guess I remember that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. You gotta um, come up. Yeah, come up with something better than that. Something better. I, I I gotta think here, Ivis. Do you have do you have anything? I, I can't think of anything right now. This is crashing and burning. I know. This is this is, this is not going well, man. I know. It's nice. Um. <laughs> okay. You've just inherited a hundred million dollars, but you have to use some of it to buy a soccer team somewhere. To put a soccer team somewhere, where would you put it? What level? Uh, any level. MLS, let's say MLS. Okay, you inherited half a billion dollars because obviously a hundred million is not going to get you too far in MLS. Oh well, I mean, I, I put a team in Phoenix for obvious reasons. You really think that would work? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, 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 it would work, Ivis. All right. <laughs> there's, All right. there's your homer announcement of the day. <laughs> I know. Come on. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. Well, I mean, what other cities would you put it in? I mean, San Diego, okay. San Diego would be pretty nice. Oh, I, dude, San Diego is nice, man. Las Vegas. I, Vegas is like Phoenix. I, I'm sorry, man. Vegas is ugly. Why? I told you, man. Vegas has ugly mountains that surround that city. I don't know why people <laughs> want to live there. What are you? What are you, a mountain snob? What kind of? Who comes up with that? I'm serious. You phrases never uttered anywhere before. For five hundred, what was that? Vegas I'm serious. Ugly oh, there's this. Uh, it's ugly, That's man. Ex- it's not picturesque. <laughs> it's like I, I look at it with my eyes, and it's like, oh, it, it burns my eyes to see. It's, it's ugly Who desert. Says that I That's do. Like- that's like the worst T-shirt slogan ever. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you country. guys in Jersey have your parts of other areas that you're close by that have different, you know, geographical differences uh, that you uh, hate uh, them for. Who? I'm sorry. I, I, maybe my maybe our listeners can agree or disagree, but that just seemed like I feel like everyone's absurd, gonna think of, Yeah, think that's like idiot. the most absurd random statement ever. <laughs> Vegas has ugly mountains. Oh, it definitely does, dude. Who's looking at the mountains? When I you go do. To Vegas? I'm from. I grew up on. I grew up on a mountain. Listen. Who even goes outside when you go to Vegas? When you go to Vegas, you get to the airport, you get your bag, you get the, you get your limo or your 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 car service straight to the straight to the hotel, and then you're in the hotel, and then and then you're at the pool. Like you don't even see outside. Like <laughs> I do. I, I had to. I've been to Vegas. For, I've been to Vegas for soccer tournaments. So like I, I got to drive around. <laughs> I'm, I'm there on business, Davis. I'm not like listen. you. I don't go to Vegas and, and party it up. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this. This is pretty obvious. You have not done Vegas right. I oh no, tr- dude. Trust me, I, I, I have think... I have stories that I cannot That's... that I cannot tell on, on the show. <laughs> and you've heard some of my stories that I cannot repeat on on these shows. If the first thing you say about Vegas is that it has ugly mountains, you have not done Vegas right. That's what I'm saying. Trust I'm me, I have. I'll, I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> and if anyone oh. finds me at a bar, I'll tell you at a bar. Don't worry, folks. I'll record all of it and I'll put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've I've stalled long enough. Do you have a, a decent a, a actually? Decent... Yeah, here, here, we'll keep it on the Vegas theme. If you get to Vegas, what what casino are you staying at? Oh, if I could stay at any casino? Well, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, sure. Bellagio, I'd say the Bellagio. Right. I mean, I haven't been there in a couple of years, so I know they got some new. You know, like I'm, I, I I was I saw the Cosmopolitan. It was whatever. That no, place is that place is insane. How big that area is. 
Right. I think I, I think the Bellagio would probably be the spot for me. All right. Although I, I had a good time at Caesars last time I was there. Caesars was pretty chill, but uh, you know, nothing. Let's face it, a few things better than being able to play blackjack in the pool. Like you're sitting in the water and you're playing blackjack. It's pretty chill. But uh, yeah, no, probably Bellagio. Because then I could just get to the poke, the poke room at the Bellagio and lose all my money. And and lose lose a whole day too. I don't know if I'd spend a whole day there playing poker, but but yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's your turn, dude. <laughs> all right, you get it. All right, we're only get, we're, we're beating this. This thing has died. I don't think anyone's <laughs> even listening anymore, unless you've edited very well. Um, I, I I am taking a no edit approach to our shows from now on. So <laughs> <laughs> from now on, he says. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Set yourself up for that one. That um, one, that one show. There's probably about eight to ten. That show, that show still haunts me. Yeah, you're. Yeah, <laughs> it's on your blooper reel. It's on your blooper reel. Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I think we've, I think we've covered quite a bit yeah. here. Well, we need, we need it going. And by this time, it's it, look. The show's an hour. Probably people, you know, get into whatever house they need to get to for Thanksgiving. They don't want to hear us anymore. So you know, we, we probably do need to wrap up the show. I guess we do need. Okay, here we go. What will you name your firstborn son? Okay. What, or daughter. What, what, <laughs> what is up with you and all these questions about me getting married and having kids? It's just, it's, it's, it's just interesting questions. Like I, it, it offers some insight into your, into your, because you know what? We can talk about soccer all the time and, and it's whatever. But, you know, this, I, I feel like this is where people can get to know us. So I'm just curious if that's even ever crossed your no, mind. No, I've never thought about that. But now I'm asking. I mean, you. if so, I have a yes. daughter, I'll never name her after like <laughs> certain girls that I know. You know. <laughs> nice. So there's a list. There's a list. Is that right? Well, I think that's a given, right? I mean, I, honestly, I feel like it's more. It's usually more a case of if the the wife, if the wife knows your exes, then those names you cannot use. Well, yeah. Uh, normally, the guy doesn't care. Normally, the guy's whatever. Like, if anything, if it's a good experience, you know, if you have like this ex that. What? Know, Hell no. Anyway, all right. <laughs> if you have a son, what will you name your firstborn son? I, I haven't even thought about that either. Well, I'm asking you right now. Think quick. I I'll don't know. Um, Come on. Come on. And just for the record, my firstborn son's name is Ivis Jr., as you might, as we do. So. Uh, I name my kid? I don't know. I don't think about that. Dude, I'm like 10 years <laughs> away from having a kid. 10 years? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I think, I, well, uh, newsflash, buddy. I don't, I don't. I think it's going to come before that. I, that's a scary thought, Ivis. You as a dad is kind of scary, but you know what? It happened. We all it, we all get there. I mean, I, you've seen me in public. I am extremely immature. Imagine me with a kid. That, <laughs> that is that is a disaster. Maybe, but happen. you know what? Maybe this. Maybe the kid will will help help you grow up a bit. Maybe that'll you know what? Because once you have that's no, that will not happen. <laughs> everything changes. No, it's true, man. It happens to a lot of people. You know, they grow up, they realize, you know what? It's not all about me. I gotta, you know, I gotta get my act together. And maybe, maybe that's what you need, man. Maybe you need a, you need a child to to straighten you out. I don't know. Maybe I know moving in with a girlfriend didn't help. So <laughs> we will see. We will see. But I think I, I give you five years and and uh, five years, oh five years before uh, you know before Jurgen cleverly is born. That will not happen. <laughs> um, five years. That's scary, dude. Seamus cleverly. Crap, I'll be I'll be thirty two, Ivis. So you're saying before thirty two I'll have a kid. You absolutely should have a kid before you by 
or before you, you you don't want to be too old you don't want to be the old dad who can't like do stuff like that's true you know like i mean for me i was uh i was 20 i was 28 when i had my when i had my first son and uh you know, it's a good, it's a good age. You know, like you know, like my 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 oldest son, man, he's grown up so fast. He's huge, man. He's like five four. Um, How old is he? He's eleven. Jesus, he's, he's, already, he's already taller than me. He's, <laughs> he's well, he's already he, he definitely he's definitely bigger than you because he's five four one fifty already. Um, I I I I'm taller and way more than him, so take it easy. He's eleven. It's <laughs> a point, dude. We'll see. No, but you know what? Look, I was born in the eighties. That was before uh, they knew about, you know What's that? You know, I was born I was born in the eighties, you know, that's before they did research about, you know, don't eat this, don't drink this, you know. I I, I got screwed, man. The power lines and the Yeah, lead paint, you know, the it's, it's... You're not that old, Gary. You're not that old. <laughs> okay. I'm old. I'm I'm old. You you are old. That 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 is a that is for sure. You actually said before we recorded the show today that you're getting old. I'm. I feel it, man. I feel it. I'm trying to fight it off. I'm at. The, I hit. I'm getting in the gym, trying to eat healthy. Uh, I was at the gym today, uh, just trying to fight it, man. Trying to, trying to slim down. Trying to stay ahead of the, you know, stay ahead of the uh, father time, man. Do you listen it, to music at the gym, or do you watch like TV? Do they have like personal TVs on stuff? They have, they have TVs, but I, I do listen to music. Actually, the the new music of choice at the gym for me is the Steve Aoki podcast. Uh, I originally was going with the. The uh, Tiesto podcast, which is pretty good, but the Steve Aoki podcast is a bit, you know, for people who like uh, EDM, if you don't like EDM, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you like EDM or if you're looking for, for you know, music for the gym that's kind of fast paced and gets you at a good rhythm, then then Steve Aoki podcast, very good, uh, you know, good, good music, fast paced music gets you in a good mood. So that, that's what I've been listening to lately. Nice. So there you go. I don't, listen, that, I don't listen to any of that stuff. What are you listening to? Crosby, uh, Stills, and Ash? Like, what, what do you no, listen to? I listen to, like, I'll just put on whatever radio station, and then... Why'd you just listen to the music in the gym at that point? Well, no, I don't go to the gym. I, I go running. That, that's my workout thing. Oh, you're just running? Yeah, I'm afraid if I go to the gym, I'll embarrass all the other guys who are lifting, you know? <laughs> You'll be the guy who's I'll be the, the guy gym. that can barely do 100 on the bench press. <laughs> You'll be, you're, no, you're the guy at the, at the gym who, like, doesn't know... How machines work, and you like do, and you do it like wrong. No, no, no. I know how machines work. I'm not that pathetic. <laughs> yeah, but there are those people. I'm just not strong. That that's that that's a reason why. We got to work on that, man. Gotta, <laughs> Nothing. I mean, if, you, if, if you're gonna look, if you're gonna be a center back, you got to get stronger. <laughs> I need no. I, I need to get faster, dude. I run like I have like a house tied to my back. Like <laughs> literally, like I, I'm I'm getting in pretty good shape right now. Like like earlier today, I ran three miles, and I was like you know six thirty pace. Like I'm feeling pretty good, right? So like. I tried to chase down this kid, and he had the ball, and he still outran me. And in my mind, I'm like, God, I am so slow. And, like, I'm running at full speed. I can't even chase this kid down. It's not good. It's, it's horrible. Getting, I am slow, man. You're getting old, though. So. No, no. I, I think I, I'm just slow, dude. You know, some <laughs> people, you're just slow. I'm just I'm just really slow. Uh, it happens. You know? that's what the, Some people get quickness. Some people get nice hair like yourself. You got a nice head of hair. Yeah, so. I, I got nice hair. I, I can live with that. There you go. All right, man. I think we've beaten this to death. I think I think everyone. I think people are eating their Thanksgiving dinner already. They're not even listening to the show at this point. Yeah, are they? I don't know. Maybe listen to the show and eating Thanksgiving dinner. I could see that happening actually. That's between the turkey and the show. They're probably asleep then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Have a happy Thanksgiving, man. You too.
And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Have safe travels this weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy the Major League Soccer games on Saturday. Ivis and I will be back again on Monday morning, breaking down the winners from the weekend in the MLS Awards. That will be our prediction show. For Ivis Gorsuch, I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the FBI Show.